Welcome to Hardwood History, where we break down the week in basketball culture, focusing on college stories, bouncing all around to all our interests. Let's get started. This week, like every week, we start with our top 25 talk, and I'm just going to go through a few of the surprises that I've been noticing in college basketball. We'll check in with Shoebridge later, and we've got part of our interview with Nick Otis, who's a former teammate of mine. He helped put together a tournament with some of the top high school talent in the country in my hometown. Pretty interesting how they worked with ESPN to bring high school basketball to a small Indiana town, bring a little bit of that Hoosier hysteria to the national stage. I thought it was a worthwhile story, and we'll have a part of it uh, here today, and then we'll air the full interview in a, in a longer 199 podcast at a later date. So let's talk a little bit on the about the West. Last week I was talking about how I think the West, even though most of the national championships have come out of the East in the last uh, many years, I think there's a lot going on in the West. And just as I say that, Oregon is starting to creep up. That's right. The Ducks are looking pretty good. They beat now UCLA and USC, who I uh, am impressed by both those teams. So have some real potential there going forward. Next up, I want to talk a little bit about Florida State. They're perpetually one of my teams that I pick in the tournament when I'm looking at brackets. I love Leonard Hamilton. Got a chance to talk to Jesse Washington last year when we were talking about his book about John Thompson and who the successors to him might be. And I know Hamilton himself probably wouldn't claim this that mantle, but just I, I've always admired the way that he carries himself. He seemingly always has his team underestimated, and uh, by by that fact, they seem to overachieve. But I, I think he ha- he himself must carry high expectations for his teams every year because he just has that quiet calm uh, on on the sidelines and gets the most out of his guys sends guys to the league too just does just does it right down there also want to talk a little bit about Mississippi State <laughs> you'll hear in our uh, interview a callback to a former Mississippi State player who was one of the best that Nick uh, Otis ever played against uh, but this team this year is looking awesome three and one right now 12 and four overall and I think they've got a got a chance to uh, really start start rising. Next up, I want to talk a little bit about Wyoming. Uh, first of all, we got we got to hit on 199's uniforms, Wyoming uniforms. I haven't checked the website, so I'll have to do that, and I'll throw a link in the show notes if they're still available. But they have some of the absolute coolest uh, uniforms in all of college basketball. But they've been uh, looking great lately. They missed four games due to COVID, but it seemed to be really getting it together. So I think they're a team they're a team to watch. Finally, wanted to just talk a little bit about Texas Tech. I think they're they're another team on on the rise. Just have been playing awesome basketball t- together, and didn't even have them. Uh, they, they were an afterthought in my head, especially after after the, losing their coach and just kind of the the shuffle that was going on there at, at Texas Tech. But I think that they have a chance to be a really special team uh, in the latter half of this this season. So great games last weekend. Again, I'm going to talk to Shoebridge about those and get his takes. We'll, t- we'll have some NBA conversation, a couple big NIL stories this week as always. So looking forward to getting to all that. 
Happening now after years of anticipation, the hype of high school hoops has arrived to the city of Laporte. Over the next few days, Laporte's historic Civic Auditorium will be home to the NIBC basketball tournament featuring some of the best players in the country. That place looks like something right out of Hoosiers, so it's perfect. Well, let's, let's transition to talk a little bit about this this tournament because I got to watch some of it on ESPN, which is a, a you know a, a big a big name for a little town like you said. Right. But it's called the U.S. Marines NIBC Laporte Invitational. Uh, it's over for this year, but it's coming back. So tell me the origin story about the, this project. Like, how did how what was your involvement and how did yeah, it, uh, get so set it, up? It, it was really fortuitous. We the. I took over as the city attorney in, in 2017. So I'm an attorney here in LaPorte, Indiana, and took over uh, in 2017. And, uh, you know, the Civic is a place, just like you and I were talking about before we came on the air, the, the LaPorte Civic Auditorium is built in the 1930s. And it's like, it, even though it wasn't in the movie Hoosiers, <laughs> I think you could attest, Aaron, it could have yeah. clearly been a place where they could have filmed, done filming for, for it, right? It's like, you fully expect, uh, you know, like Jimmy Chitwood and the Hickory Huskers to come out at, at any moment. It's just, it's really kind of an iconic uh, facility and the city's done a really good job and especially in the last few years of, of keeping the tradition, but also doing some significant updates to make it a 21st century uh, facility. And so uh, we started talking about, hey, why, you know, we got Lalamere, they're a national powerhouse, mm -hmm. uh, you know, nationally ranked, won a national championship. Let, let's get a game at, at this Laporte Civic Auditorium. And we were just talking about doing like one game, yeah. right? Let, let's get, let's, let's just kind of test the waters and let's see if we could get like a, a powerhouse from Chicago to come in and, and maybe early in the season ESPN will, uh, you, you know, maybe they'll pick it up or something. And of course, we're pretty naive to understand how, I'll get into kind of how the ESPN stuff works. <laughs> really, it was fascinating to kind of learn how stuff ends up where it does. I bet. So uh, we started talking about that. And uh, over the years, uh, Brett Benversi, who's the Laporte Civic Director, had had talked with Lalamere, and they went through a couple coaching changes. And so he'd talk to a coach and, you know, it would just kind of, they, there'd be interest and kind of die off. And, and it, mm -hmm. th this happened a couple times. And, and, totally understand that the and, and this is not a, a knock to, to Lalamere's facilities but the the civic is a is a really cool facility and, and, and to bring the kids in for an event like that especially from their gym would be really a a, a, a step up so um yeah, you're not kidding. I saw that that article you sent me. Doug Gottlieb is uh, tweeting out, "Where is this place and how can I get there?" <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah. It's the, so. I've been waiting for this for a long time. It's Hoosier history. Yeah, that's it. You know, for all the little schools out there. <laughs> so um, we had their, all of them out. And the ones that had not been to the Civic were like, this place is awesome. We think the <laughs> event, you know, they're just blown away. Yeah. And uh, it was like a perfect, like, sunny day. I, I And I don't know how long it's been since you've been in there, Aaron. But, you know, they got these huge windows. And it's just it was just gleaming. It looked yeah. great. And so... Uh, they said, let's get our marketing people, this Paragon Marketing, and they're based out of Chicago. So they brought all these different people from Chicago, and they were just same thing, just like this place <laughs> is amazing. Yeah. And the only criticism that they, that they had was they brought a guy, one of their kind of lighting guys, and he just said it's it's really really dark in here. <laughs> and, and that you know, that I remember about it. <laughs> 
So our NIL story of the week has to do with high school and NIL. So Alaska, California, Nebraska, New Jersey, and New York all allow for full profit for high school players for NIL. And I'm sure that there are more states that are, are coming. But here's the interesting part of it. So there's a couple couple things that I took away from our interview uh, uh, with uh, Nick Otis about those top high school teams. They've got their own league or kind of division that they play in. They'll play other teams, but they have a hard time getting games. So they schedule these kind of tournaments so that they all get get the opportunity to play and play against high level talent and then it's on ESPN there was a couple guys that had their uh, signings that chose their colleges uh, during the during the time up there they covered that on ESPN obviously at that level of media attention is following they worked with a company called Paramount Productions then there's going to be some NIL money in there somewhere you know, Mikey Williams has millions of, of followers, LeBron James son, same thing. So there's going to be opportunities for these guys. You've also got the overtime elite, overtime elite in Atlanta that's kind of popping up. There's just something brewing in high school basketball as well. So I think that they should have the opportunity to benefit from their name, image, likeness in the way that, again, any any student can have a job after school. And I know you can as a as a high school athlete as well, but man, it it, it is really tough. I think uh, about my father in law, who actually, you know, this is this is a long time ago, but had to choose work over playing sports. And I'm not saying that's always the choice for players still, but it does make it difficult. Like if you were playing a, a varsity sport at a high level and have dreams of going to the NBA or college, or even just you know, being your best, having a job on top of your schoolwork and your commitments to athletics becomes very difficult. So the opportunity to earn some money off your name, image, and likeness um, could facilitate just just take the pressure off those. And it's not like the, the the people who are paying that money are getting nothing from these athletes. So I think that it is a worthwhile transaction. Now, if they don't, the the interesting question in the past is has been should they go to the G League? Uh, if, they, if they're needing to be paid for their play. I've got an interesting stat. I, I think that players should, especially with the NIL, consider going to college. Unless they're, they're a person who's going to get drafted high in the NBA, 135 of the last 151 players drafted. So 151 players n- not drafted that have gone to, to the NBA 135 are from college and stayed for three or four years. So if you're not getting drafted, you're not in that upper echelon. It, it is a, a good idea to stay in college for three or four years. You increase your exposure and you have now have access to that NIL money. And, and hopefully that can buoy, buoy you until you can get uh, to the, that pro contract and hopefully have, have a long career. The NBA stories of the week this this week, unfortunately, a lot has to do with still uh, injuries and you know teams having players out. Got to mention my Bulls uh, struggling right now with people out, but that's the story of the NBA overall, and that's why I mention it. Uh, one of those teams in particular is the Nets. I mean, you think about Steve Nash coming into that job, Kyrie and KD. They get James Harden. They're rolling into the playoffs last year and it like a house of cards, it just falls apart. And I don't know how they put it back together. You know, you can look at the names on the paper and you can't 
not believe in them. You know, it's like me rooting for IU. It, it doesn't matter what the record is. doesn't matter the opponent. I'm always going to believe that they have a shot, whether they do or not. And I'm sure that the Nets, and I think even as a, you know, NBA fan, I believe they've got a shot because they've got those guys. But the longer it goes on, the less likely it is, the longer the shot it is. You've got Kyrie that still, even last night in the press conference, said that his stance hasn't changed. He can't play in home in home games. It uh, doesn't seem like the team's going to take the fine, which would allow him to. KD's out now for four to six weeks, maybe, with an MCL tear. Never, never a good thing. Harden's out of shape, and even though he's okay, he just seems like not not himself uh or 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 maybe i should say he's not going to be able to get to a level that he was able to get to because he's still really good and he still looks like james harden a lot of times it's just that his peaks were so high that that he's at a at a at a high plateau but it's not as high as the one he was at um I also see Steve Nash on the side, a guy who I cheered for and loved watching when he was a player. He looks tired. And I mean, to have this team as your first NBA head coaching gig and all the drama that he's had to to deal with. And he was such a togetherness player that it's strange to see him on such a fractured team. He's also got an issue with just the other guys. He doesn't have Joe Harris, who's who's injured. The guys he's playing, like Blake Griffin, who, who looked good last year and now, again, seems washed. Just as always searching for answers, never seeming to find, you know, and get, get things rolling. So it'd be interested if they see it. To a way to find find a way through, but I, I I don't I don't believe in them. I can't not believe in them if that makes any sense. You know that they still got a chance, but to think that there's a good chance, uh, it's just a fool's a fool's errand. Let's talk a little about bit about John Morant. I, I watched the Bulls go down to on, on MLK Day to the Grizzlies for the second time. He looked awesome. Fun uh, moments from this game. Him doing one of those crazy three sixties in the air. You know, one of my favorite moves is the is a spin move, and I can often see little gaps, but it's always on the floor. And somehow John Morant in the air is like spinning off of people and, and hitting layups. So he's just such a joy to, to watch. And that team's a really joyful team uh, to see. Uh, also loved Steven Adams, uh, 17 siblings. Clearly he knows how to carry them around. Uh, picked up Tony Bradley, who is a large man himself and carried him off like a small child. <laughs> just a great, great, funny moment uh, fr- from the game. I think the last big story that I've been following is the, of course, never-ending Lakers saga. You know, they get enough coverage. Uh, but I think w- what I wanted to focus on is the flip side of NBA coaching because you work so hard and in coaching in general to get to these jobs. And Frank Vogel's got a championship now, and he is stuck with a team that was not his design. And yet there's a possibility that he gets – the finger pointed at him as the the fall guy for what has transpired this year. And I, I don't feel bad. I don't feel bad for him because he got an extension and he'll get paid. Uh, but I think it is interesting to consider where another 10 years of, of coaching 
goes to. Will will we have head coaches anymore, or will we have just a kind of assembly of people who are in charge of things or monitoring different gadgets on the sidelines and the the players truly in charge uh, again? It'll be it'll be interesting, uh, but it will be. Uh, tough to see a guy who just won a championship a couple of years ago uh, get fired for decisions that he had little to do with. Well, what'd you think of the games last weekend? Let's get into it. I tell you what, I've never watched so much SEC basketball. <laughs> they're they're you know, taking they're taking over the world, right? It's great. I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah, between Big Ten and SEC. It's Consumed, uh, consumed me the last week for sure, and looks that it's going to do the same here the next few days. I think so. I think you're. I think you're right. There's. I mean, Mississippi State looked good. Uh, who else did I see in the SEC that I was like, oh, man? I, I, so, yeah. LSU tonight. Yep. That's going to be a great game. LSU at Alabama tonight. Of course, Auburn's. You know, BP our old. USI University Truman Eagle, Bruce Tommy, old Tommy Crean. Yeah. So, but I, I like to. Then I'm probably gonna watch the LSU Alabama game tonight. And, uh, and then tomorrow night's a big night. Indiana Purdue. Man, I'm I'm scared already. <laughs> no, I agree because that uh, the game against Nebraska was almost unwatchable in my opinion. I mean, we should have been. You got to get those wins on the road, but Trace Jackson Davis is just so important. Like we just, we don't have a guard that can get a bucket and that is just tough in college basketball in 2022. Of course, can't forget about the, I watched it to the very end, the last bucket. Actually won a little bit of money on it. The Purdue-Illinois game was amazing. Uh, That was pretty amazing. That was pretty amazing that they, uh, that back, the back and forth in that game. I really thought uh, Purdue would run away with that. Is you know they got Colburn out of there, and, uh, but Illinois they hung in there. They did. Oh, I mean that's the that's the name of the game, right? Is you you on the road you try to hang in there and steal one, and at home you just got you got to get it right, and you got to hang on, yep. figure, find a way to hang on, and that's you know the the teams who end up in the tournament or who end up the best kind of find the the right balance of, of that sneak of, sneak them out when you can and hold on for dear life at, at home. Saturday, you got uh, you got a big one Saturday, Auburn and Kentucky. Ooh. Is that wait? Is that I haven't looked that far ahead. Is that at Kentucky or is that at at uh, Auburn? It's at Kentucky, so somehow Auburn 
I mean, hopefully they take care of business tonight and they can knock off Kentucky, which is on a pretty hot streak right now themselves. So they can knock off Kentucky at home on Saturday. So, that's, again, that's a pretty good case for Tuesday. That'd be huge. That would be absolutely huge. Or I would assume the first time. I don't know. Not a big Auburn basketball historian. So. You know who hasn't been very loud about him? Charles Barkley, who's loud about everything. He hasn't said much about Auburn this year. Usually he's he's singing their praises. That's a good point. I may go home and uh, see if uh, I can dig something up, see if he's – because you're, you're right. He's usually, usually uh, pretty loud about him. He'll probably show up at that uh, Kentucky game. He'll get. He's waiting, waiting for the right moment. I'm trying to think what else I looked at today. Uh, so, what we're a little over halfway through, right? Yep. So basically, yeah. The top twenty teams. There are forty-nine combined losses already. That's. Not, I mean, it feels like that though. This year, this year yeah, feels yeah. like a, a year for parity. It just every team that's been number one. Gets bumped right away. Duke lost again last night to uh, Florida State. I mean, it just nobody yep. nobody's safe this year because there's just a there's a nice parity. And sometimes we ask for that, and then when we get it, it's like we don't want it. <laughs> and when we do get it, it seems like when it comes to tournament time, those teams figure it out. Your Dukes and your Michigan State, and, um, and it's a uh, it, it ends up being a chalk bracket almost. So we'll see what. Yeah, all number one seeds in the final four. Yeah, see what happens this year. But yeah, we got some good, uh, like I said, big game tonight. But uh, can't believe I'm talking about LSU and Alabama basketball. <laughs> I know. Also, I got. Also, I have to apologize. I'm really sorry about your Raiders there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. Know. They. Uh, I mean, Joe Burrow. Like Luke and I talked about, we don't lose anybody. I mean, he's gonna be good. Talent that guy is. So, so it's hard to believe that now that he's so young, if he stay could stay healthy, he could just think Tom Brady's forty five. So he could wa- I could watch Joe Burrow for the next twenty years. <laughs> he's only twenty. It's crazy. Um, so of course the Raiders, typical Raider fashion. Yeah. Penalties. All right, they got a lot to play out there to get rid of our GM. So yeah. Oh, we're looking for a GM. We're looking for a, hopefully a new offensive coordinator and then we'll see what happens with the coaching. Have you so put your application have, in yet? <laughs> as well. I, I think there's okay. nine coaching jobs in there. That's right. right. I know, right? <laughs> like five. I forget. Oh, no. It'll be a, yeah. be a wild, wild finish to the NFL season, not just the games itself, but all these coaches. No doubt. Happens there, but. Seattle, uh, said, looking forward to watching basketball tonight. Yep, oh, I'm ready Auburn for just, it. Auburn just, uh, Auburn just beat uh, LSU and Alabama recently. Yeah, well, give, maybe give us your picks. I want to hear the picks on the the IU game and then uh, the Auburn Kentucky game. Let's make those two the pit the the picks of the week. It put you on the spot for those two. Well, I'm going. It's not. It's going to be easy because I'm going to go <laughs> with my win-win philosophy on both of them. I'm taking <laughs> the dude. I'm taking <laughs> So uh, if uh, I, you and Auburn can pull it out. Double, uh, double win either uh, way. Money well spent. So my <laughs> money. 
my money will be on Purdue and Kentucky and, and uh, hopefully I lose. Thank you for listening to Hardwood History, our weekly podcast. If you liked what you heard, give us a rating and review. We're going to read some of the reviews on air if we get some good ones. So appreciate you guys tuning in and always, always listen. I always love the feedback that we get. Enjoy the week. Enjoy the games this weekend.